when the wicked man turneth away from his wickedness that he hath committed, and doeth that which is lawful and right, he shall save his soul alive. Dearly beloved brethren, the scripture moveth us in sundry places to acknowledge and confess our manifold sins and wickedness, and that we should not dissemble nor cloak them before the face of Almighty God our Heavenly Father, but confess them with an humble, lowly, penitent and obedient heart, to the end that we may obtain forgiveness of the same by his infinite goodness and mercy. And although we ought at all times humbly to acknowledge our sins before God, yet ought we most chiefly so to do, when we assemble and meet together, to render thanks for the great benefits that we have received at his hands, to set forth his most worthy praise, to hear his most holy word, and to ask those things which are requisite and necessary, as well for the body as the soul. Wherefore, I pray and beseech you as many as are here present, to accompany me with a pure heart and humble voice unto the throne of the heavenly grace, saying after me. Almighty and most merciful Father, Almighty God, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who desireth not the death of a sinner, but rather that he may turn from his wickedness and live, and hath given power and commandment to his ministers, to declare and pronounce to his people, being penitent, the absolution and remission of their sins. He pardoneth, and absolveth all them that truly repent, and unfeignedly believe his holy gospel. Wherefore let us beseech him to grant us true repentance, and his Holy Spirit that those things may please him which we do at this present, and that the rest of our life hereafter may be pure and holy, so that at the last we may come to his eternal joy. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive them that trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen.
Here beginneth the 19th verse of the third chapter of the Book of Lamentations. Remembering mine affliction and my misery, the wormwood and the gall, my soul hath them still in remembrance and is humbled in me. This I recall to my mind, therefore have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning, great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul, therefore will I hope in him. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him, to the soul that seeketh him. It is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. It is good for a man that he bear the yoke in his youth. He sitteth alone and keepeth silence, because he hath borne it upon him. He putteth his mouth in the dust, if so be there may be hope. He giveth his cheek to him that smiteth him. He is filled full with reproach, for the Lord will not cast off for ever. But though he cause grief, yet will he have compassion according to the multitude of his mercies. For he doth not afflict willingly, nor grieve the children of men. Here endeth the lesson.
Here beginneth the 17th verse of the 20th chapter of the Gospel according to St Matthew. And Jesus, going up to Jerusalem, took the twelve disciples apart in the way, and said unto them, Behold, we go up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man shall be betrayed unto the chief priests and unto the scribes, and they shall condemn him to death, and shall deliver him to the Gentiles, to mock and to scourge and to crucify him. And the third day he shall rise again. Then came to him the mother of Zebedee's children with her sons, worshipping him and desiring a certain thing of him. And he said unto her, What wilt thou? She saith unto him, Grant that these my two sons may sit, the one on thy right hand and the other on thy left, in thy kingdom. But Jesus answered and said, Ye know not what ye ask. Are ye able to drink of the cup that I shall drink of, and to be baptised with the baptism that I am baptised with? They say unto him, We are able. And he saith unto them, Ye shall drink indeed of my cup, and be baptised with the baptism that I am baptised with. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but it shall be given to them for whom it is prepared of my father. And when the ten heard it, they were moved with indignation against the two brethren. But Jesus called them unto him and said, Ye know that the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them, and they that are great exercise authority upon them. But it shall not be so among you. But whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. And whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister, and to give his life a ransom for many. And as they departed from Jericho, a great multitude followed him. And behold, two blind men sitting by the wayside, when they heard that Jesus passed by, cried out, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, thou son of David. And the multitude rebuked them, because they should hold their peace. But they cried the more, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, thou son of David. And Jesus stood still and called them, and said, What will ye that I shall do unto you? They say unto him, Lord, that our eyes may be opened. So Jesus had compassion on them, and touched their eyes, and immediately their eyes received sight, and they followed him. Here endeth the lesson.
Let us pray. We beseech the Almighty God mercifully to look upon thy people, that by thy great goodness they may be governed and preserved evermore, both in body and soul, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty and everlasting God, who hatest nothing that thou hast made, and dost forgive the sins of all them that are penitent, create and make in us new and contrite hearts, that we, worthily lamenting our sins and acknowledging our wretchedness, may obtain of thee, the God of all mercy, perfect remission and forgiveness. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that both our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee, we, being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness through the merits of Jesus Christ, our Saviour. Amen. Lighten our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night, for the love of thy only Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us pray. Keep us, good Lord, under the shadow of thy mercy. Sustain and support the anxious. Be with those who care for the sick, and lift up all who are brought low, that we may find comfort knowing that nothing can separate us from thy love. In Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. O almighty God, the Lord of life and death, of health and sickness, have pity upon us miserable sinners now visited with great sickness and mortality. Withdraw from us this grievous affliction. Enlarge our charity to relieve those who need our help. Bless the remedies applied to assist them. Give us prudence to see and vigour to use those means which thy providence affords for preventing and alleviating such calamities. And above all, teach us to know how frail and uncertain our condition is, and so to number our days that we may seriously apply our hearts to that holy and heavenly wisdom whilst we live here which may in the end bring us to life everlasting. Through the merits and mediation of Jesus Christ, thine only Son, our Lord. Amen. We pray at this time for all those whom we love and care for, for all those for whom we are afraid. And in this moment of stillness we offer before thee, O Lord, all those who lie heavy on our hearts at this time. We pray also for the Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, for Matt Hancock, and for Chris Whitty. We pray for Christopher Walker, Christine Morrissey, Mark Young, Charlotte Rose Allen, Marcus Allen, Patricia Walker, for a lady in hospital in Germany, and for the Prince of Wales. We pray for all those who are suffering from coronavirus, and for all those who are caring for those who are suffering. We pray at this time for the repose of the souls of Patricia Sibley and Sam Ives and for their families and all who are mourning and grieving at this time for them and for anyone else. Keep watch, dear Lord, with those who wake or watch or weep this night and give thine angels charge over those who sleep. Tend the sick, 
give rest to the weary, sustain the dying, calm the suffering and pity the afflicted, and all for thy love's sake, O Christ our Redeemer. Amen. May I speak in the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. Mummy, said the boy, I think you and Eliza should go first. This unaccountable, and hitherto, especially with regard to his sister, unprecedented act of chivalry, surprised his mother, and prompted her to say, Oh, that's very nice. Now what made you say that? To which the boy answered very grandly and very solemnly, having grown up in and around churches and being then a chorister at St Paul's Cathedral. 
because the most important person always goes at the back. The first shall be last indeed. It is a matter of no surprise to me that our Lord, when seeking a counterpoint to the squabbling of his disciples over who should be the most important among them, should have used the princes of the Gentiles. As the late Gore Vidal put it, every time a friend of mine succeeds, a little part of me dies, and this is never more true than of world leaders, except, perhaps, choristers. If John Donne is right, that wherever there was two, there was pride, where there were twelve, there was much pride. So much, it spilt over and filled the mother of James and John, two of those twelve, with pride too. So much that she was the one who outraged the rest of the disciples by begging for a special place for her two sons. And the absurdity of this is only enhanced when we know where this passage falls. As Jesus is heading up to Jerusalem just before Palm Sunday, when he has already flagged up to the disciples how many times what is about to happen to him. And there is no doubting Matthew's intention to set up the disciples, and as much to the point, the disciples' mother, with their petty squabble over who is Jesus' best friend forever, in direct contrast to the enormity of the betrayal and the arrest and the murder of Christ which was about to come. Are ye able to drink of the cup that I shall drink of, he asks. And though they don't know it, they will. And by doing so, they will make atonement for that great sin which they manifested that day. Pride. Pride lurks behind everything. It lurks behind almost all sin, and it lurks behind almost all triumphs. And here it is again, defining itself against all the others. Every time a friend of mine succeeds, a little part of me dies. But Jesus turns this around and demands of his closest friends, Ye know that the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them, and they that are great exercise authority upon them. But it shall not be so among you. And whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. Every time a friend of mine succeeds, says, succeeds, says Jesus, I hope to have been there serving him. I hope to have risked my life, my money, my reputation to help that friend succeed. To have risked the opposite of pride. To have risked humility. Which is not often seen as a virtue now, for perhaps it's a little too close to the word humiliation. And we see contempt for humility everywhere. For religions which say they don't have all the answers, or that some issues are matters about which individuals must make up their own minds, they're being wishy-washy. Or politicians who admit they've been wrong and change tack. That's doing a U-turn. But humility is really what it's all about. Because humility is the only balm for pride. So we come back to the disciples. Which of us will be first? Sometimes it's James who asks that. Today it's his mother. And in a way, James was the first of the disciples. He was the first of the disciples to be killed, and our own Bartholomew was not far behind. And that's the ultimate step away from pride. It's the reversal of pride. 
It's knowing the reality of a situation and being willing to put yourself last, even unto death. To lay down your own interests for the good of others. Parents know a lot about that. We as Christians should know a lot about that. I shall leave the last words to C.S. Lewis, who put brilliantly what we should expect of a humble man in his book Mere Christianity. Do not imagine that if you meet a really humble man, he will be what most people call humble nowadays. He will not be a sort of greasy, smarmy person who is always telling you that of course he is nobody. Probably all you will think about him is that he seemed a cheerful, intelligent chap who took a real interest in what you, in what you said to him. If you do dislike him, it will be because you feel a little envious of anyone who seems to enjoy life so easily. He will not be thinking about humility. He will not be thinking about himself at all. The first shall be last, even if we do have to remember that sometimes it is the most important person who goes at the back. Amen. And now the peace of God, which passeth all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God, and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, be upon you and remain with you, this day and always. Amen.